0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We're digging into the digital revolution and looking at the extraordinary changes that are happening within every type of business in every part of the world. Today, we see business leaders recognize that while technology is more important than ever before, they've got to be able, within their organizations, to devote their time and energy who are dazzling their customers, growing revenue, and creating great new products and services. So they've got to align with world-class technology partners who are able to uh, traverse the landscape from co-location, cloud, on-premise data centers, and so forth like that, so that those businesses can harness all of their data from all over the organization and use that to drive their business. HPE GreenLake has become a leader in helping companies do that sort of thing. And we're delighted today to have Matt McCoe who is Global Field CTO for the Esmeral software team within HPE. Matt, welcome, it's great to have you.
1: Thanks, Bob. Yeah, no, It's great to be here. Uh, and as, as this software group is part of the GreenLake Cloud Services Unit, we're having more and more of these conversations where the, the cloud and the data is coming together and, and they're looking to HPE as a partner.
0: Yeah. Matt, I have to ask up front, field CTO. That I mean, that's that's gotta be a dream job. That's that's a fun
1: combo. It, it is. This is the best job I've ever had. Don't don't tell my boss about how great I've got it. Uh, I get I get to spend time with our product teams and let them know what's going on. I get to talk with prospects and our clients about what's coming. I even get to do a little solution architecture with some of our clients, which I, you know, get my hands in there is, is a lot of fun. Um I meet all sorts of diversity from every industry you can imagine. It is, yeah, this is a great job. And, and then talking to folks like you, Bob, uh, allows me to share some of these findings. And it's, it's pretty exciting uh, about where we are in industry right now. I think, And I think our clients feel it. Uh, so it's, it's a great time to be in this space doing this job.
0: Yeah. 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 Matt, that's great to hear. I think that so many customers, today share that excitement, the optimism and the opportunity of what's possible, but they know there's some heavy lifting that's got to go on in there. And I think one of the places, right, to get to that really data-driven type of business, you have to have, I think what HPE calls the data-first modernization. So, Matt, that's it's a nice phrase. It sounds good, but it's got to be a lot of heavy lifting in there. How does that happen?
1: It is, because data is heavy, right? In the Hadoop days, we referred to it as having gravity. It, yeah. it, it tied those applications close to it, and but now we have network speeds. We have really high-speed WANs and LANs. We've been able to separate compute from storage, but that data is still heavy, and it's still locked in those systems. So when, when we say data-first modernization, it means look at some of the foundational and fundamental aspects of your data in the organization. First, What do you have and where is it? How is it being stored? How is it being secured? How is it being protected? And then, and then, how is it being utilized? And once you understand those things, then you can start to sort of chart a path in terms of where do I go next and what does modernization mean? Well, we like to look at the cloud and we like to look what the AppMod folks have been doing for the last decade or so and. And the data folks in these organizations do they see their peers, they see the cloud, they see the apps, they see you know these modern frameworks of Golang and Kubernetes. And these data folks are sitting there going, I've got ETL, I've got bare metal data warehouses how do I get some of that agility into my world? So when we talk about modernization, that's the journey that these organizations wanna go on. But what I'm seeing now is a resurgence in the role of the chief data officer. This, This was tried seven, eight, nine years ago and it just didn't work because it was all tech first. It was throw some Hadoop, throw some Spark, throw some data analytics at it and just let it go. Well, it went and it's there now, right? We see sprawl, we see swamps. The data landscape is a mess but i'm seeing organizations bring back this this role of chief data officer to really look at governance and that's that means look at your data first what do we have where is it how useful is it and how can the organization start to exploit it so it's it's almost like getting to back to basics to understand those things and then starting to apply modern technologies and it's a lot of Open source frameworks is are leading the way in terms of helping to modernize that because you don't want to go from one silo to another. So it's just organizations realize that's not the answer. But then every organization's journey is a little different based on the, the business type, uh, how they work with their customers, the technical debt that they've accumulated, and then wh- kind of how that blends with their cloud and edge strategies.
0: So Matt, you know I. I... I loved how you explained that and different as we've always seen in the business and technology space things come and go they have their time but it's interesting that the chief data officer it was a good idea just perhaps ahead of its time but there's certainly as you described it a case here and things are just changing that the pace of change today compounding the things that you described it's just so extraordinary And I think one of the things that's caught up in that change here is this idea of the edge and what was the edge 18 months ago or 12 months ago is very different from what it is now. So could you talk a little bit, Matt, about the role that you see among customers of what the edge is, especially as they get into what uh, I think you've called some uh, edge-centric use cases?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing this emerge more and more because, again, I think the technology has finally caught up where we can do interesting, interesting things at the edge. Now, we have to define the edge. Is the edge a warehouse with a mini data center in it? Is it a storefront or is it in my customer's pocket in the form of their, their mobile phone, right? So what is the edge? But I think by and large, there's enough compute capacity out at the edge for us to start doing interesting things. And there's enough bandwidth now, in not in every scenario, but there's enough bandwidth for us to be able to, to make some decisions. But that old sort of very disconnected client server sort of, hey, I need to pull all my data in from the edge, do something with it here, and then push it back out, Uh, that model is still in place for large collections of data, uh, huge hyperparameter tuning and inferencing models where you've got a trillion parameters or whatever the case may be. But there's, like I said, there's enough compute at the edge that we can actually make decisions there now. I can actually push real analytics, real-time analytics out of the edge with a relatively small footprint. And whether that's again, physical servers, or it's a cloud, cloud-based edge location because I do have the bandwidth to connect to my cloud. And so that has really transformed how businesses are thinking about these use cases. I, I no longer have to think about the lag and the round trip to do those things. I can actually now address my customer's need or problem in the moment it happens or actually anticipate. that That's what big data and data Linux, analytics has always been about. It's about anticipating that very fine moment where you can make a recommendation, you can prevent a bad behavior. We now have enough computes and storage and network and memory capacity where that customer is to make that decision. And then all of a sudden the edge becomes really, really interesting, right? So that we can address every single one of our customers at the edge and hopefully capture more share of market, potentially lose less, you know, fewer customers churning, et cetera. So that's what I think the power of the edge is, Bob.
0: Hey, Matt, just a quick follow-up on that. I heard somebody the other day said, you know what, the pace at which things are moving today, uh, more intelligence and more types of devices and more parts of our lives in some way that we used to call it the edge, right? Because it was a very like headquarters centric model. And that's out on the, on the fringes out near Pluto, but this person was saying, you know, pretty soon the edge is going to be where the cool stuff is happening rather than it being, you know, out on the fringes. So I, I love how you described that um, the edge now is more a point of opportunity rather than a technology. Uh, lag that has to be solved somehow.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's it. And again, you, you said patterns and trends. The the industry goes through these, it's, these waves and cycles. Mainframe, client server, distributed services. Now that we have the power and the connectivity of the edge, I think this idea of a big bloated uh, core or cloud, all that, that will have its place, right? Again, for that exabyte scale data lake for training. Those that There's always going to be a place for that. But I think we're going to see more of a distributed architecture like what we saw in the application development space with microservices. We're going to see micro analytic deployment, micro being a relative term, deployed out there wherever that intelligence needs to be. But that, of course, introduces new challenges. How do you manage that? How do you keep that secure? How do you trust that? How do you protect that? Those are the, then the next challenges that are coming because those are now threat threat vectors, right? I know we're not necessarily talking about security here today. But as you get outside the four walls of your data center, the, you can no longer necessarily control all of those threat vectors. So this becomes very, very interesting. Sure, I maybe protect the boxes, but what about that API that was sending that data? Do I trust that? Do I trust the data that is coming? So anyway, it's 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 a whole tangent of conversation that organizations have to think about, but that's where we're going, right? It's moving there, so we need to keep up.
0: Yeah. And I think in the past, Matt, maybe there was a tendency to say like, eh, that risk is too high. We can't really do it. Today, I don't think you companies have that option, right? They've got to move in that direction. So they need all those capabilities that you're talking about. The growth opportunities combined with, uh, you know, rock solid cybersecurity.
1: Yep, that's right. Uh, they, They the business is driving this, uh, the business has always driven these requirements and IT has had its opportunities. These technology teams have had their opportunities to pump the brakes, if you will, yeah. but um, the brakes have worn out and, yeah. and the leaders in industry have proved that these are viable ways to improve their, whether it's improving revenue or customer sat or whatever that is. And so now they're saying, we must move forward. And IT teams really have to embrace that. They have to embrace that, or what what we're going to see is the business is going to go its own way and it's going to stand up shadow IT. It's you know, all of that stuff that we've seen throughout IT history. So technology teams and operations teams have to figure out how to bring these new things into bear and provide those guardrails that if you resist it, it's it's only going to make it worse for the organization. And we're going to end up with bad implementations, more technical debt, and hence less innovation going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, uh, a related type of question here, but one that sort of speaks to the vision of what, you know, your company uh, embraces overall here. I still think there's a a number of decision makers out there who, uh, I think the number is getting smaller, I certainly hope it is, who look at cloud as like a cloud equals cost savings, right? And there's nothing wrong with saving money, you know, all for that. But it seems like in today's acceleration economy, um, the the big thing has to be for companies to be successful, engage with customers the way customers want to be engaged with, and to grow, to move more quickly, to move more decisively, as you've described throughout a couple of your responses here. Um, And... Ultimately, the goal of that is to create these fabulous customer experiences that keeps those people or companies coming back and giving you more money. Uh, What role does HPE GreenLake play in this overall and helping to turn the cloud from being something that's seen as like a functional replacement for old IT into being uh, a sense of uh, really a a machine for opportunity?
1: So so GreenLake is a bridge to help organizations go from that traditional Uh, generally on-premises or colo-based IT function into a cloud experience. Uh, And and so what we've seen is that the early adopters have all figured out that cloud is not a cost savings. It's an agility and velocity engine, right? It's profit centers, it's Uh, the ability to address our customers in new and different ways, all the stuff we've been talking about, right? And so the early adopters have figured out, they've repatriated a lot of applications too, right? They moved to the cloud because they thought it was going to save them money. Turns out cloud wasn't really great for that. It was great for, again, innovation, developer velocity, all of those different things. And so what we're now seeing is is the need for proper hybrid cloud deployments. And hybrid cloud is a word that has been around for a long time, but I'm starting to see organizations actually adopt it in in its truest, truest sense, where I have an extension. My cloud is actually an extension of my other workloads and I've got this amorphous thing that I have as part of my IT or technology estate. And so HPE GreenLake is meant to help build that bridge and provide that connectivity in a couple of ways. Through our advisory and professional services through Pointnext, we have the cloud adoption practices for for those organizations that maybe haven't really done it full tilt. We will help them take the steps along the way to do it properly and figure this workload makes sense. This workload does not. Hey, you're probably going to retire this one anyway. So let's just let's wind it down. Let's Uh let's archive this off. And then more importantly, bringing some of the connectivity between cloud and on-premises as part of a continuous user experience. So for example, we know a lot of advanced data science users, especially those that are doing machine learning, like cloud-based tools. They're easy to provision. They're easy to spin up. The models are, you can get from public githubs. And so a lot of data scientists like to use those tools in the public cloud to sort of play around but we know that most of the core data still sits on premises whether it's because of the gravity whether it's because of regulatory reasons i've got pii or i've got gdpr or whatever the case may be 70 to 80% of the data is on premises and it's probably going to be there for quite some time so the the forward thinking organizations are allowing the dev test exploratory work to happen in the cloud and they're putting synthetic versions of that data in the cloud or in cloud adjacent locations for those data scientists to develop their algorithms against. But when it comes time to actually training those analytical models, and this is just one example of a workload, when it comes time to train those models against my exabyte of data, they do it back on premises. And the struggle up until now, before GreenLake came along, is I can't take what I did in the cloud and run it the same way on premises. GreenLake is providing those that same tooling that those data scientists are using, right? Whether it's a Slurm cluster for old school high, per, uh, high performance compute or whether it's modern notebook-driven data science with CUDA drivers, etc. cetera. HPE provides that same experience to continue to accelerate that velocity. So Uh, Just to give you an example, uh, furthering this data science use case, I saw a lot of organizations do that. They went to the cloud, the data scientists were really productive and they're like, all right, I'm ready to train the model. And they brought it back on premises and there was no tooling. I can't run that against my Exadata or my Teradata system. And and so we would see the velocity that in the cloud just just completely crater. Uh So, and, and instead of trying to do multimodal IT what organizations have figured out is they need this true hybrid cloud experience. So between HPE's advisory and professional services to help get that journey going to our technology footprint, to bring that experience on-premises and connect those environments and the data, that's how we're helping organizations, again, with that data-first modernization. It's not this or that, it's this and that.
0: Uh Uh Uh, Matt, I was thinking as you were describing that the significance of not having hybrid in spots but it's got to be sort of end to end and i guess you know the old line about you can't be kind of pregnant and you these days you can't afford to be kind of hybrid you got to be all in if it's going right. to work right
1: yeah that's right otherwise it's just multimodal or dual, dual modal it right i've got a silo in the cloud and i have a silo on premises i'm duplicating cost centers because i'm repli- it's it it just doesn't work. The tools don't translate. And again, the, the software developers, the app dev teams really paved the way for this, right? By decoupling some of these components with microservices, but having new development techniques in place like DevOps, yeah. And so that's part of that data-first modernization is bringing that DevOps capability to these data and analytics systems. And you're probably thinking, how do I bring DevOps to an Exadata system? Well, it's about modernizing some of those workloads, perhaps abstracting above some of those layers, using the concepts of a data fabric or a data mesh. These new technologies, which HPE is innovating and it seems a thought leader on, can help with that, bring that DevOps agility so that you are not kind of hybrid, you're you're actually hybrid in manner.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, you know, the data first modernization, if you have that, then you want to be able to... um, really automate that, make that part of everything that happens across the board. And I love a term that you've used of industrialize your data supply chain. Could you talk about how that works and what the value to an organization
1: is? Yep. I this concept of industrialization, I like to use this because think of a car manufacturing plant. Everybody can sort of picture that in their mind, right? On one end, I've got parts. On the other end, I've got a car that spits out the other side. So what is the stuff that happens in between? Oh so for data first modernization it comes back to the one of the first things we talked about bob which is i need to know what data i have where it is and how it can be used that then allows us to then start unlocking that value do i do i copy it right maybe that's the easiest thing to do or do i do clever things with storage by doing dynamic provisioning or do i there's lots of clever ways to solve this but the idea is you got to know what you have and where it is and how it can be used and then using that DevOps mentality, provisioning that data with modern tools, right? I can't just have my supply chain where I'm building cars with manual wrenches. I need automated machines. I need new paint, right? All of that sort of stuff. I'm stretching this analogy a little bit, but the idea here is automation throughout this life cycle. And these new data uh, governance teams, these chief data officers, that's what they're driving for. The, the trick is they want to make sure this is done in a way that is compliant, It follows regulatory manners and is a way that is traceable because what they don't wanna have happen is have this data get scattered everywhere again and not have a good understanding or worse end up out of compliance of some regulation. So the idea of industrializing is automating many of these processes, bringing in new tools and upskilling our team. There's this people aspect of this, Bob, that this is probably the most difficult part of the entire equation. I wanna talk about how HPE can help with the people side of this, but the idea is if we bring in new tools and new machines, we've got to bring in new skills, right? So bringing Kubernetes and DevOps to my legacy data teams, that's a struggle, but it's what's required to be able to industrialize this process, which means to do it over and over and get those incremental improvements for everything that I do.
0: Matt, that, uh, that that uh, that sense of the you know industrialize that it's got to become a part of something that happens automatically, uh, that's perfect on the one side but again the skills notion too and i i hear a lot of people talk about um, you know well our company needs to develop a data culture right that, that that's great um, you know it's a great idea but there's a lot of stuff that has to happen before that and i think what you're describing here is the technology capabilities rise you got to make sure that you've got the skills that you know live up to that potential
1: that, that's right so one of the reasons a lot of people like to go to the cloud is because they don't have to think about all of the technologies under the covers that are giving that agility, that developer velocity. So this is where HPE GreenLake can bring that same set of capabilities to where that data sits. It's that We know that data still is going to sit on premises. So how do I bring all of that automation, all of those modern tools and frameworks? That's what GreenLake delivers as a service. And HPE GreenLake can deliver this as technology or as a fully managed solution. So you are paying HPE for SLAs, You're not paying us for cores and memory and network. You're paying us for SLAs. And so that when your developers say, I need a Kubernetes instance, or my data scientist says, I need access to a petabyte of data, they simply click through the interface and it's provisioned for them. The the difference here is that HPE is signing up for those SLAs. So I'm not charging you for using three GPUs. I'm just making sure that your model is provisioned and you can train that in a period of 30 minutes, it gets spun up, for example. So we're not only taking that, hey, we're taking the complexity under the cover. So you don't have to spend a bunch of time. You don't need to hire 20 developers to manage a, an infrastructure as a service, a Kubernetes as a service. You don't have to hire engineers to do that. You can hire business application developers, business data scientists to focus on that. And we're taking it one more step. So whereas the cloud, you pay for software and you pay for infrastructure on demand. With HPE, you're paying for SLAs on-demand. And we feel that that is a key differentiator for us in the marketplace. No one else is saying, we stand by your business SLAs, and we're going to make sure we can deliver and scale with you as you move forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Matt, great point there. And uh, overall, it's been a terrific conversation. I I want to be sure to give you the last word here. It seems like Um, You know, HPE, uh, GreenLake has a lot to offer companies that know they need to become these sort of lightning fast and data driven um, customer dazzlers in the acceleration economy. So final word from you, Matt.
1: I guess I guess final word is don't just look to HPE like you've looked to HPE as that trusted infrastructure partner like you have for decades. HPE has this great reputation of providing the best technology for your IT teams What I hope organizations take away from this conversation is that HPE has moved up stack and out of stack Mm -hmm. to be able to provide that cloud experience help customers move along that journey and bring that to those business problems so that we can actually collaborate and take on some of those really difficult skill sets that we know are hard for you to invest in. So HPE can provide that ability to of agility and velocity and data-first modernization in a way that you probably hadn't considered. So, so let's, talk, let's talk about your business problems, talk about the technical depth that you've accumulated, and let's talk about how you wanna develop that cloud-native and edge-centric journey Let's talk about developing that together and figure out how we can solve those difficult problems.
0: Great, Matt. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, it's been a fun conversation. Thanks for
1: having me, Bob. This was great. I really enjoyed it as well.
0: And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us. This was Matt McCo, who is the Field Chief Technology Officer for HPE's uh, Esmeral Software Unit, talking about what's going on there and in affiliation with HPE GreenLake. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great day.
1: Matt, that's fantastic. You are.